all I ever really want is just an honest friend. Someone who doesn't move away and then wish they had spent more time with me when they were here. Or someone who all of a sudden misses me after I moved away from them and wish they had spent more time with me then. Don't you just get tired of hearing that from people who claim to care for you, love you? Don't you just hate their lies? What about the funeral? When they start crying how much they miss someone who's passed away and how precious they were. And they mention all the wonderful things they were when they were alive. You already know those are lies. Their guilt is killing them. Now they have to start saying things they don't mean. Why not stand up there at that funeral? And say, that was a lousy son of a gun. He was a bastard and I'm glad he's dead. Why not? Wouldn't that honor the dead? That at least when he died, he heard the truth from your mouth? Why not say that at the next funeral? Tell them what you really think of that dead corpse in that coffin. Tell them how you are just been throwing a party. You just can't wait to get home and get drunk over the fact they're off the face of this earth. Why not say the truth? Why lie? What is this cultural condition that we have to lie at a funeral? Well, didn't you lie when they were alive? Why change it now? It's kind of like the old idea of going to hell. God sending people to hell. Well, not really. He's executing what you want. He's executing your will. You see, God is entrusted to make sure that the will is followed, that it's executed. And so when you die, and as the trustee of your will, he goes, well, let me see here. Let me see. Now, now, when they were alive, they hated God, hated church, hated faith. They didn't want anything to do with anything that had to do with the light of God. They liked everything that's the opposite of that. Well, the opposite of the light of God is the darkness. Hell, by definition, simply means separated from God, out of his presence, away from him, detached. The absence of light, the absence of God. Oh, well. Oh, well, I've got to execute his will. Well, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but your uncle's going to be going to hell. Well, well, that's what he put in his will. How did he put it in his will? He lived it in his life. He wanted nothing to do with God. He darn well doesn't want anything to do with God in his death. So we will continue to allow him on that trajectory of what he wished for when he was alive, what he worked for when he was alive, how he lived his life when he was alive. And now, as a young man told me today, all my friends are going to the march. He goes, I have to tell you, they're just going because it's the hip thing to do. None of my friends care about black people. We never talk about black people. We don't even hang out with our real black friends. We seldom get involved in their black lives. In fact, this white young man said to me, he said the white 
the black kids, our black friends act more white. They try to assimilate to us. They try to be into what we're into. And once in a while, of course, we all are into rap because that makes us look cool as white kids. Isn't that interesting? I had another white kid tell me the same thing. His friends were only going to the march because it was the hip. It's a new bandwagon. It's popular. Is that why you're marching? Because it's popular. It's the chic thing to do. If you want to be cool, mom, you got to listen to rap. Got to listen to rap and hip hop. If you want to be cool, it's the end thing to do. The media has made it popular to do. The politician, magicians have made it popular to do. The actors, the actresses, the athletes have made it popular to do. It's chic. It's in. It's cool, man. Smoke that weed. Perm your hair, man. Grow some dreads. Change the way you talk. And date a black person. Get cool, man. Get ghetto. Yeah, because it's hip to do. It's hip to do. It's popular to do. Get on the bandwagon. And call for change. Real change doesn't happen on a bandwagon. Real change doesn't happen when it's popular. When people are cheering you and applauding you and celebrating you. Real change happens at the end of a persecuting, prosecuting opposition. Real change happens when you storm a beach and climb a rock face. When you're facing the real opposition of your positions and your ideas, the sacrifice that you make. Real change happens over long term, not short term. And it happens after an investment of your time, your resources, your ideas, and your life choices. The things you choose to do, the way you choose to live. Real change happens incrementally in the smallest way, the smallest way, in the smallest detail. And it happens bit by bit, drop by drop, inch by inch. Real change, real meaningful, foundational, fundamental change happens usually when no one is looking. It happens in the gut of your belly and the recesses of your mind. It happens when you're not talking to anybody, but when you're talking to yourself. Deciding how you're going to believe and how you're going to live. Real change isn't popular. It isn't hip. It isn't a cool thing to do. That's the pseudo change. The fake change, the symbolism, but not the realism. That's why when you want to see a real believer, don't look at the woman with the big hat, the big heels, and the big dress with the big Bible and the big cross. Look for the one down the grocery store aisle who isn't that 
religiously dressed. Look for that one at the gas station, or that one in the office as you pass in the hallway, or meet at the stall in the restroom as you're washing your hands and seeing a tear in your coworkers' eyes, or someone that you're working or training with, or that one that you are arresting that really needs a prayer, although you're taking them in to be booked, but you pray with them on the way because you are a believing officer. The doctor that prays with his patient before he goes into surgery. The real change. The teacher that's not afraid to mention God. The real change. The politician that isn't afraid to pray. The real change. Helping that neighbor who doesn't know that you actually paid for their mortgage when you found out that they were running behind, that they were out of work, or that the neighbor was handicapped because of some accident or in the hospital and you were aware of it and you made sure their mortgage was paid for the next one to two or three months but you didn't announce it you just did it the real change happens when you actually are invested in communities that are poor where you move your business there the real change where you tell your congregation you don't need a Cadillac You don't need fancy watches and gold and rings around your fingers and your face. You don't need a 10,000 square foot house for your family that could go to help some other families in the church like Schindler's List did. You actually are practicing what you preach. You don't need 100,000 people around the world to see your face, millions of dollars for your TV show. Just take care of your community. They'll hear about it. Jesus took 12 people without a television show, without Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, or YouTube, and changed the world without social media. Because nothing impacts humanity more than another human. The main thrust that moves restaurants is an advertisement. It's people that eat there that tell their friends about it. How do you think drugs got so popular? multi-billion, billion, billion, billion dollar business. They don't advertise. The people that use the drugs are the advertisement. Why don't you be an advertisement of Christ instead of of your fake religion, your buildings, your pastors and your churches. Be an advertisement of Christ. Be an advertisement and an agent of true change. All of a sudden, We care about the black community because a white man's knee was on a black man's neck. Did you not care about the black community? Black lives that matters? Where was the galvanizing of your forces when the gangs were killing each other? Black on black crime. Where were you then? Where were you then? Where were you when the new stadium in Los Angeles went into Inglewood and started pushing all of the Black families out. The gentrification. That's where real black people live every day. They weren't having a bunch of white cops with their knees on their black necks. Developers had their knees on their black necks. Politicians had their knees on their black necks. Corporations had their knees on the small businesses in the community's black necks. Where were you then? You didn't give a damn. You only care when a white cop puts his knee on a black man's neck because it serves an agenda. 
But the real issue where everyday black people live, none of you give a darn. Where were you, pastors? And now you're galvanizing behind a media sensational false flag operation. We live in realville every day of life. You know what they say. What's that word? Shit happens. There will never be any peace on this side of life. True peace. There'll be some modicum of it once in a while. A little piece here, a little piece there. That's why cops are always prepared. Well, they're called peace officers. I'm not so sure what that really means. Because most of their time, well, it's an unrelenting variable. They never know when it's peace and when it's not. It could be peaceful. It may not be. It may start off peaceful. It may not end that way. It may start off confrontational and and peacefully. What's peace? What's peace? P-E-A-C-E is really P-I-E-C-E. Moment by moment, there's a peace here and a peace there, but in between the spaces of peace is violence and confrontation and unpredictability. All kinds of things you have to prepare for in the real world, because it's a real world. This isn't Disneyland. You have to be prepared for when the peace is giving you a piece of something other than peace. And as a citizen, we know that. And as law enforcement officers, we know that. I'm just wondering where were all these people who care about black lives when the black community was suffering and is suffering, really. I, I know, it's popular now. You're the Super Bowl fan or the playoff fans, I get it. You're just there for the big game, but not for the everyday game. You're not the fan that's in it for the long haul. You're not really in it at all. I get it. The long-term investor stays with the stock. The short-term investor is looking for the quick hit. You are the one looking for the quick hit, the quick high, the quick out and escape. But you are not the reason, nor will you ever be the fulcrum of change that will happen. Because men and women like you, you're part of the problem because you distract from the real mission, the real work.